welcome to episode 282. Many pastors spend much of their time and energy in pastoral care appointments because they handle almost all of the care themselves. Is this healthy? Isn't shepherding also about leadership? Hey everyone, welcome to episode 282 of The Reclaimed Leader. I'm Jason Tucker, back again with Jesse Skivington. How's it going, Jesse? Doing great, Jason. Just, you know, cranking away on life and leadership and ministry and, you know, all the things that come with that. And um, before we jumped on to, to record the episode, you came on with our staff and we were talking website and how do we, what do we do? And uh, I don't know, there's always stuff to work on as a leader in the local church, there's more to be done. And um, we're, we always are, are cranking away on the things that we think will actually help us live out the mission that God has called us to. And I wanted to stop for a moment uh, today in today's episode and just think about um, uh, kind of at a, in a big picture level about our role as pastor. What do we mean by that? Because you and I, we started this pod- podcast to, to talk leadership uh, to think about leadership in the local church and in the context of change and revitalization. And we wanted to talk about best practices in leadership, interview guests that would help us think about leadership, refine our leadership skills, appropriate skills we don't have, get better at leading. And there's an assumption built into all of that, isn't there, about how we understand the role of pastor. Do we understand it as pastor, as leader? And I think when we started the podcast, the answer for you and I was, yes, we, in our experience as pastors, there's a massive amount of what we do that is leadership oriented. And sometimes the church and the expectations of the people in our church don't exactly line up with this idea of pastor as leader. And sometimes for some pastors, that's not how they think of themselves either. So we wanted to talk today about uh, a transition that it's important to make f- from pastor as shepherd or or pastoral care provider and teacher to something that looks like pastor as leader. Why is that whole conversation important? So does, I don't know if that resonates, Jason. Yeah. We're just assuming way too much. I don't. Know. <laughs> this is sort. Of, this is a juicy topic, and I'm yeah. sure a topic that is really easy to offend everybody. So I think it's perfect. Uh, no, the <laughs> but here's. Here's, I think, the challenge is you think about just where where are we in the context of church leadership 2023 as compared to what the church in America has been for the last 70 years or or so. And that is, you know, post-World War II church in America was sort of on autopilot only because it had the gravitational pull of culture. Yeah. Like they were going in the same direction. And so maybe it didn't require the same amount of leading as it did caring for all the people that were coming to you because there was sort of this spiritual or theological foundation that you can assume was there. Now, I think, and so that's where you really saw pastor as shepherd in totally. a way have its heyday. Yeah. Like I'm here to care for you. Yeah. And each denomination had its own pastor like you had a town with presbyterians methodists lutherans baptist and each of those would send a pastor to that place to be the shepherd and and teacher to that particular version of christianity as a 
Christendom reality, right? When absolutely when most of the culture was Christian in some sort of or another, there was a cultural benefit to being connected to a church, and it was just a matter of which which flavor of church are you, and you go care for that flock in that particular denominational setting, and so that's like what you're saying out of world war two, we, that's kind of where we were as a country. And over the last 60, 70 years, as we've seen the decline of denominations and now what we would call a post Christian or post Christendom culture, it might require a different type of pastor in local churches for the sake of the mission. God is calling us to for the sake of the kingdom. So that's kind of what we're getting at. It's not a not to throw stones at where we've been, it's about what is needed now for the sake of the health and vitality of the church and the mission of God in the world. So that's that's yeah. where it's coming from, right? And and we don't mean to say that shepherding people is no longer part of the job description, <laughs> right? Or like, we're not going to care for people anymore. But yeah. Yeah. as as we're going to talk about, there is a necessary shift because you have to, you have to now cover it, bridge that gap between where people are in relationship to the church yeah. and helping people to connect with Jesus in a in this new reality that we're in. So it, it has to require leadership. I mean, listen, half of us, not half of us, most of us have buildings that are a drain on our resources now. I mean, they're getting older and we have to constantly, there's maintenance, there's typically less members than there were decades ago less resources, less, 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 less. And what are you going to do about that? I mean, you could shepherd your way into extinction if you're not careful, if you're not doing any sort of leadership. And this also isn't to say, because I'm seeing all of the sort of like uh, <laughs> People pushback. are like, unfollow your podcast. Yeah, that's unfollow, right. That's unfollow. right. But I, I think, you know, the other thing that's important to remember is we don't forget that God, of course, is doing the growing and the caring for the congregation, but it has always been a partnership or it wouldn't be this hard, right? Like we have a part to play. And I think that part to play largely is about leadership. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's, it needs to look like, I, I love when we we're, we're talking um, canoeing the mountains, right. And learning a whole new mindset of, of, what is it going to take to move the mission forward today? And if you missed that, Todd Bolsinger book is is a really good one. We recommend just in the, ch- I mean, imagine a, a different world in which we're doing ministry 70, 80 years ago, was so vastly different than it is today. So it makes sense that something would need to shift in our thinking about the role of, of pastor. But what I think is important is um, for us, and maybe the advantage we have in our denominational church settings is that we do have a really strong uh, history of pastor as pastoral care and teacher that is still necessary and important. And in my opinion is sometimes missing in other expressions of the church. Like we, we have this overemphasis on leadership to the point where everybody's just a cog in the machine and, uh, you're here to be a, a, a giving unit or an attending unit or some number in our big system. Right. And that's a, so we we still need that caring community that looks out for each other and where we're instructed and, and grow in faith. And so I think um, one of the images that's been useful for the church throughout its history, but I think has kind of been revisited again, and in, in, I would say the past couple of decades really, is uh, the picture of leadership or in the church that Paul gives us in Ephesians chapter four. Um, the body of Christ is being built up. 
together. And, and it's Christ himself who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be shepherds or pastors and teachers. And so we get this five-fold ministry picture from Paul that suggests that somehow all these things work together really well for the sake of the health of the Christian community and its mission in the world. And um, what we're suggesting is that the first three maybe went missing for a little while during the height of Christendom. Apostles, yeah. prophets, evangelists, that sort of the leadership wing of innovation and direction and calling people to move out into the world. And we kind of got caught up in a more inwardly focused, care for each other, do some good things in the world, learn about Jesus. But we kind of got an inward focus that um, an apostle or a leader personality can help us see a vision for where we're going to go. And so I don't know, Jason, if that that picture or what um, the permanent revolution, Alan Hirsch and those guys, they call it the A-Pest mindset, right? Having a five-fold ministry that's, you know, represented in the church. But we we sometimes get pushback as pastors when we come in and we say, you know what? I'm going to be a pastor that leans more towards leadership than uh, pastoral care. That's not always received super well because people still have certain expectations for pastors, don't they? Absolutely. I think that's part of the culture that we're fighting against. Some of those expectations are okay, but some of them are are actually really dysfunctional and pretty unhealthy. In some ways, the model of pastor as shepherd morphed into pastor as personal chaplain, that I exist or a pastor exists to be there for every single moment of need you have. Which is just simply an impossible task when you have more than 50 people. And uh, an unrealistic but latent expectation of many people who've been going to church their whole life. So, for example, the first church that I worked at, um, a solo pastor at a seminary, and all I heard about was the pastor who had been there for 25 years, who was there every time somebody had anything, he was there. There were stories of him leaving his purse. I never forget the the one story about how he left his personal vacation when their son broke their arm. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, that is the most dysfunctional, unhealthy thing I've ever heard of. But that was the expectation. And and pastors who prided themselves on, on being there. And listen, I'm not saying that that's all bad. There's obviously a lot of good that came from that. Yeah. But there is something that tips to being a bit unhealthy. And and you see the consequences of that. Like I just saw this yesterday. So I uh, met with a church member who uh, wasn't angry or anything, but acknowledged that that when his wife was sick and had a long term illness, I went to visit with them the first time. But then I didn't return. It was our parish associate who went back and regularly visited with them. Yep. And how what he was pretty much saying was he was annoyed that I didn't go return every time. Right. And, you know, as if, if, unless the, the head pastor or the pastor doesn't show up, it doesn't count. Pastoral care has not been received. So I think pastoral care is more important than ever, but I don't think the pastor has to do it. In fact, I, I think it's healthier when the church cares for each other. Now think about what you've just said. We're not discounting the shepherding aspect, the care of the flock. That's crucially important. That's why people need Crucial. it. Yeah, you got to support and encourage, love each other, pray for each other, be there for each other. And 
there's probably a time when the senior pastor needs to show up. A tragedy happens. The death of somebody passes away. There's a car accident, you know, and can't we trust our people to do great care ministries for each other? And so um, one of the ways that we've tackled that here at Marine View is we, our deacons facilitate the care ministry of the church. So we have a group of, I think, 10 or 12 deacons for, a, you know, a, a whole bunch of people in our congregation, but the deacons aren't the ones who do all the care ministry themselves either. They help the whole, they mobilize the whole community to care for each other. So people in the congregation sign up for hospitality, meals, prayer team, different things. And when a need shows up, we contact that team and say, hey, who can help with this particular need? How can we meet these people where they are in their need? And we get to love and serve each other as a whole community. And then the pastoral staff, we come in in, in, to play that role that's really maybe unique to us. When there's a, a medical crisis that we are uniquely equipped to help be in that space and uh, and be a non-anxious presence as we learn to be as chaplains or something, right? But we don't have to be everywhere all the time. And I think it frees us up then to play this other role of pastor as leader. And so I think it's a really valuable con- conversation and maybe we need to stop and just have this another time. But how do we organize the care life of the church? Yeah, Is it centered around the pastor or the pastoral staff? If it is, it might be a sign that we're you're still kind of in that pastor as shepherd mindset that's um, maybe robbing time that could be spent thinking in terms of leadership, or it's a different focus. And so um, maybe we revisit that down the road and talk about our models and how we've kind of helped spread out the care life of the church across the whole church. But um Yeah. I mean, I think part of what we're seeing is the over-professionalization of ministry. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the problem. I think that's why we need to push some of the responsibilities of care back to the congregation because it's, it's healthier. It's getting the people to do the work of the Lord, which is where the work belongs. Serve each other, love each other in your small groups, in your, your uh, committees that you're on with people, serve each other there, care for each other in there. We're going to hear about needs more effectively there. I I think the times when I've missed things as a pastor or when a need didn't ever get communicated upstream and we missed it somehow, but then I go later and I find out that five people had already reached out from their small group or whatever was going on. And um, I think it's just a, a healthier and actually a, a probably a better model to make sure that all the needs of the community are being at least a- addressed in some way or, or that we're aware of them. So um, if we're going to move out of a pastor shepherd mindset and transition toward a pastor's leader, we don't abandon our, our the need for caring for the flock. We just try to facilitate it in a in a different way that's effective and maybe even more effective than if we were the ones to do it all. Um, and, and I think there is that mindset that we have to push back against in hopefully in, in kind and gracious ways. But I think sometimes people who have been part of a church their whole lives tend to, or can sometimes treat pastors as a commodity there that meets their religious needs. So when I have a baby, you baptize them. When I have a wedding, you do the wedding. When I have a funeral, you do the funeral. Um, those kinds of things. You're the commodity for my religious needs. And no, we're, we're talking about a different vision that's needed in the 21st century America for the church that it, it, we can't have that mindset anymore uh, of pastor as personal chaplain. So yeah, 
Um, if that's not it, if we're going to move towards leadership, then what does uh, that look like? And I wanted to read something that uh, my denomination, Eco, just uh, has put out. We're trying to think of shifts in the church. And this is one from pastor as shepherd to pastor as leader and talking about, yes, the flock is is important. You got to care for the flock. How do you do that? And then this Ephesians 4 mindset of, of this fivefold ministry. But this is one thing that that stood out to me that, that I read. I'll just read it for us and then we can talk about it. But they wrote this, perhaps rather than redefining what it means to be a shepherd. So don't make shepherd something other than it is, right? It is caretaker. It is looking out for the flock. We need to shift to embrace the leadership role of the pastor too. Far too often, especially in Presbyterian circles, we have minimized or even discouraged the leadership function of the pastor. In our tradition, we have even gone so far as simply to call the pastor a teaching elder. However, congregations need the pastor to exhibit leadership behavior to help them achieve the vision to which God has called them. This, of course, doesn't mean the pastor is a dictator or steamrolls over the people. Rather, the pastor must use appropriate leadership skills to lead others in discerning God's vision, as well as synergizing staff and laity to fulfill that vision. I love that, right? We need Amen. to shift our mindset. Yeah. We're not we're we're here to help with vision and lead, but we need to develop the skill set of leadership that's not dictatorial, right? That's not what leadership is. Servant leadership is not you I say you do. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a collaborative way of leading in community that helps us move towards God's vision for our life together, right? Isn't that what we want ultimately? Yeah. And and listen, shepherding is and leadership are not mutually exclusive. In fact, all throughout scripture, shepherding is sort of a training camp for leadership. And, but what does the good shepherd do? He leaves the 99 to go after the one. Mm-hmm. Like there is a, a leadership even involved in the shepherding that we somehow have fall to the weight, let fall to the wayside. So Again, how do we pick up that mantle of leadership? And, be, and this is why I think there's a this is such an important topic because there's a leadership crisis in our churches. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest reasons is we were not taught leadership. We were not taught leadership is has been caught, not taught. Right. That that we have which is has its own advantages but huge disadvantages in that we're not really being mobilized in the way that we could be. We're not even the most effective shepherds that we could be because Many of our seminaries have not adequately prepared us for this moment that requires tremendous leadership. But I couldn't agree more with uh, the statement that you just read and the importance of you need leadership to help to discern God's will for the congregation and to move forward faithfully. There's no other way to do it besides leading. Yeah, and and develop a strategy together that we're going to move forward with and and implement. And that's exciting to be a part of something where there's movement and direction and a shared mission and it's collaborative and full of life. And so um, I think as healthy leaders, what we're trying to do is develop other leaders alongside us, develop our own leadership skill sets, uh, deepen in our own relationship with, with Christ and let our leadership flow out of that. I think flourishing leaders are flourishing disciples of Jesus. Those that have to go together, right? So when we're thinking in terms of leadership, um, you know, you know, we have, we didn't get that in, in seminary necessarily, but by the time I was a couple of years into leading, I had a whole bookshelf filled with all these leadership books because it was the missing piece of my education. I mean, it was the thing that I needed to develop and learn. And so, um, 
the, I think the cool part is that I think that's something that a lot of pastors and a lot of churches and a lot of churches had the, the wisdom to know this is a something we need to work on together. And so we have been. And uh, across denominations, I think that's something the Holy Spirit has been doing in the PCUSA, in, in ECO, in the Lutheran world, the Methodist world. You talk to pastors across these, these environments and we go, we all know that there's a need to develop leadership and uh, develop other leaders in the local church. And so how are we going to do that? And I don't know, what are some things that you do, Jason, to stay sharp with your leadership or to grow in that leadership aspect of your pastoral role? For me to grow or to help grow others? <clears throat> Either one. Or yeah. both. Okay. Yeah. yeah, both. So I'll start with myself. The way that I grow in leadership, honestly, is you, we talk about this, you and I talk shop once a week, sure. and that yeah. helps me to th- keep those things front of mind because then when I'm busy and I'm in the mess of actual ministry, I, I'm thinking about leadership in the process, which is really helpful. Mm-hmm. So uh, some kind of regular um, exposure to leadership, encouragement, teaching, best practices helps me to stay sharp. So I'll listen to other podcasts. I'll come across leadership books. Last week, we just talked about Atomic Habits and those other those mm-hmm. three resources that we talked about, soundtracks, right? So it's reading it is a big part of it. I know a lot of pastors resonate with that, but it's like, who's got time to read? Uh, and, um, and then if I could go to attend a conference or a one day or some sort of training that pushes me out of my chair, Mm -hmm. uh, and changes my environment, that's always really important. So I've got to, it's great to sit in my office and to study and to read my book, but I need to get into a place where I'm not comfortable. There's something about that that helps me learn Mm -hmm. and to hear from people that aren't just in my own echo chamber. Yeah. Uh, is all really helpful. Those are those are ways for me. And then yeah. and then what I try to do is I take what I've learned and I just try to frame it for my staff mm-hmm. in a way that they can experience the material. Sometimes I'll purchase videos from conferences I've gone to so that I could show it to them and have them react to it. Yeah. And answer in te- intentional questions about it. So it's really it's really about what am what are my inputs? Yeah. So that I could have a leadership output. So when those leadership inputs shut off, you get really stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. And and then I think one of the best ways to grow as a leader is to then pass on some of those leadership lessons to others. Like you mentioned, it cements it for you and helps develop other great leaders in your congregation. Right. So um, I think sometimes people, we, as human beings, we kind of go, well, leadership is kind of a personality thing. It's a, it's a hardwired thing that some people are born leaders and, and, uh, the rest of us are are wired differently. And I think there is some truth in that, right? There are some people who are just naturally kind of cause people to want to follow behind them. And, and, and yet like everybody that is involved in the leadership world also talks about leadership as a skill that can be acquired by just about anyone, or at least some of the skill sets of leadership can be acquired. And John Maxwell talks about that, that some people might be more wired for leadership naturally, but you can grow to become a leader, even if it's not your natural kind of habitat or something where you would naturally go. Yeah. And so I think it's 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 something that we need to be attentive to as pastors, whether we feel primarily wired as a leader, or if we feel more like the shepherd teacher uh, part of the of Ephesians 4, there's leadership things that we can grow and develop for the sake of the health of our congregation. And I, I think that's vitally important. Um, 
one challenge that I think it does exist is to help your your core leadership team, your board of elders or uh, kind of key voices in the congregation also share this mindset. Because it's one thing for you as a pastor to go, I think this does matter. Jason and Jesse, you finally said something that makes sense to me. I do need to develop <laughs> as a leader. And 282 episodes yeah, later. Yeah, 282 episodes later. <laughs> right? But we, I do need to appropriate leadership skills, appropriate them for myself and learn and discover. And I need to outsource pastoral care somehow or make sure that we are doing it in a well-rounded way. I get all that. How do I convince people that this matters? How do I help our elders or, or our key stakeholders believe this too? And I think that can be a challenge when people have had an experience of church one way for a long, long time. Yeah. So how do we do something like that, Jason? How do we cast a vision for pastor as leader in, a, in an environment that might say, you're not supposed to lead. That's our job. You just take care of us. How do yeah, we go I, about that? It's it's just like you would do for anything that you want to change in the life of the church or in anything else is the pastor needs to just build a sense of urgency. Hmm. So our job is to make the case to the leadership that there's an opportunity cost that we're paying by not being able to do other things. There's a reason why we don't have time to think about reaching people outside of our walls or mm-hmm. to take on that new initiative to try and uh, bring the good news uh, to people in the community or to do that new program that we wanted to do because we're so busy running around trying to tend to everybody's needs. And by the way, that's not a super great model of health for the pastor either. What would be better is, right, and you're building your case. Mm-hmm. Build a sense of urgency that if things don't change, what are we going to miss out? What's the opportunity cost of not changing? Well, maybe the pastor's going to burn out. Maybe uh, we aren't going to reach any more people. Mm-hmm. Maybe the people that we do have are getting really stagnant and um, in a, this unhealthy closed circuit kind of way where there now there's nobody from the outside and we all think alike and we all, I just think if you could turn your hearts outward, you sort of reconnect with the outward heart of God. Um, and I think it's building a sense of urgency is where you start. You don't have to have all the answers. You just have to build a sense of urgency. I think you see, you hit on something important right there, right? Leaders rarely have the final answer, right? We like it's bringing a group of people together to, to solve a, a problem or a challenge or uh, to create a sense of, of why does this matter and what are we going to do about it? I don't know, but what do you think? And then dreaming together about what the solution might be. And I think that's where you start, especially with a group that's maybe if you came in and played this podcast and, and the, all they heard was you're doing church the wrong way, you're bad, shame on you or something. Because <laughs> yeah. Have an older mindset of, of ministry or something like, no, that's not that's not what this is about. It's about getting forward movement in the congregation for the sake of the mission. And so maybe it's even around an idea that has been talked about in your church for a long time. What if we reached more young people, more kids, and we had a bigger Sunday school? And, and, and that that has been voiced in different ways. Well, what would it take to get there? If I was going to spend my time as the pastor focused on bringing that about, what what would I need to stop doing or spend less time doing so I could yeah. focus on that? Yeah. Like, I think you can take the ground and shift it a little bit around a shared goal or aspiration, maybe even a hope. So 
I think there's ways to move toward that before you start saying, well, I'm going to be a leader now and not a shepherd anymore because that's going to probably freak people out. Yeah, I don't think that's um, going to land. That's well. not where you want to yeah. start, right? You want to <laughs> exhibit it, show it, create some urgency around something that you can do together if you're allowed to lead instead of just uh, be have that more narrow focus on shepherding. So anyway, our point is just to kind of re- raise this topic again. I know this is probably one 282 episodes in Jason and I were joking around before we hit record. Is there anything left to talk about? <laughs> well, yeah, of course, but it's the habit of talking shop and leadership together. Yeah. That's the important piece here and, and continuing to sharpen and grow ourselves. And so hopefully this idea of shifting out of the Christendom mindset of pastor, teacher, shepherd mindset of pastor to pastor as leader, just even if you can inch that forward in your congregations, I think you're going to see some some um, energy bring, come back in for yourself and your role, but also some some vitality pouring into the into the church, and so um, that's what we're that's why we raise these kinds of questions. Yeah, and I think I think a misconception that happens when people say things like "Well, I'm not a leader" is they sort of mistake charisma for leadership. Yeah, and yeah. and some people have this natural you put them up in front of people and and everybody follows and laugh at their jokes and all of that stuff and and. Sometimes those those with charisma make great leaders. Oftentimes they make terrible leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, leadership is definitely something that can be learned. And I just think about uh, even Moses's journey of leadership. Even mm-hmm. like just look at all the leadership examples that we get in Scripture. Yeah. Of uh, some of them demonstrated leadership abilities. Some of them definitely did not. And it was just their willingness to say, "Okay, Lord, I'm here. You're asking me to do this." I'm going to trust you to get it done. And sometimes those make the best leaders anyway, because you're depending on God and yep. not your own skill set yeah, exactly, toolbox. Right. And great leaders can look around and go, I'm finding the five people that are way better at stuff than I am and setting yeah. them loose. And that. set them loose. You don't have to be the expert. You don't have to be charismatic. Um, but you do need to think in terms of like, how do I create an environment where we can move things forward and we can try things, even if we fail, like a leader, it tends to think in terms of movement and direction and less in terms of status quo. So some of that is, I think, part of the journey that you can take. And John Maxwell reminds me every time I picked up his book a while ago, I can't remember which one it was, but it said something like, you're not really a leader until you've been doing it for 20 years or something like that. And I was like, oh, (laughs) thanks thanks for nothing, right? But the point is, it's a process of learning and discovering and having experiences. And so start from where you are and the way God made you, and you can lead from that place and you'll figure out how to best lead according to who God made you to be. So um, we hope that is helpful. I, we're rooting for everybody as leaders. I mean, that's what we want to be about is, is encouraging you as leaders to keep doing the things that will make a difference for God's kingdom, um, sharing the good news about Jesus in our world through our words and our actions and uh, being healthy churches as we do it. Well, thanks. Thanks, Jesse, for that topic. I think it's a really important one for all of us to think about and wrestle with a bit. And pastors, uh, it's after Easter. I hope you had a great Easter. And uh, many of you are on vacation right now. Um, I actually hope you're not listening to this. I hope you're like taking some time away. <laughs> Listen to it you, later. Yeah, come back you. to this later. Yeah. yeah but uh, anyway, hope all is well with you. Again, um, we're praying for you and your ministries. Uh, may you make much of Jesus. And may Jesus really transform the hearts and lives of the people in your community. Uh, and that transformation always starts with ourselves, right? So... Uh, Hopefully we're an encouragement to you. Ministry is hard. We think it's so much better when we do it together.